Welcome back, everybody, to the Canberra Football Show, episode 20. We are now live via Zoom. Well, not live, but, you know, live between ourselves via Zoom. And I've got Russ and Michael with me today. Like I said, episode 20, we're back into it. This is the first episode of the new season, so I'm very glad to be back. Russ, thank you very much for joining me today. How, how have you been lately? Obviously, United shirt on, as always. Yeah, well, only because they got the win this morning. Otherwise, I would have been uh, not wearing it. No, very good. Thanks, uh, Matt. Great to be back here again. I can't believe it's been 20 episodes now. It seems to be only like yesterday we were sat here doing episode one. So great to be back again for a new season. It is indeed. Thank you, Russ. And Michael, thanks for joining us today. How have you been, mate? Thanks, Matt. Um, I was just, just as Russ said that 20 episodes, you know, I was, I was going to draw to that straight away. I can't believe it's been 20 episodes. It's crazy to think, you know, we were doing episode one, you know, um, all of us together at, at Matt's, um, at Matt's cafe there. And now we've sort of, you know, got this innovation going where we're doing it over zoom and a lot has transpired over the last you know 12 months with you know the shortened season uh last year uh the, the COVID outbreak um and now all the teams preparing for a full uh season again so they'll be looking you know to to get back into it itching raring to go and you know I think that goes for obviously not just the MPL but just Canberra football in general everyone's raring to go um you know to get a full season uh full season back so um no it, it's great I'm I'm very happy to be a part of it uh, again and um, looking forward to a, to a great year. So, Let's go. As um, Italian journalist Fabrizio Romano says, do you follow him on Twitter? I do. He's a very, very good transfer journalist. So, uh, Russ, <laughs> before we get started, is there anything you wanted to say about Bar TV Sports or anything like that? Uh, yeah, just you can follow all the action again live on Bar TV Sports this year. You may have seen the um, FFA Cup qualifying rounds kicked off on the weekend, Ugali and Juventus. We've got seven great sponsors on board um, with us this year to help uh, bring the broadcasting round to the first uh, three round three, four in the quarterfinals um, live to you. And that includes Better Collective, where we are here, um, Exhibit Printers, Crowther's Property, um, uh, Monero Built Homes. Um, I'm going to forget one now. And I Canberra Deacon Football Club, Canberra Olympic Football Club. And who have I forgotten? <laughs> Brain. It doesn't work. Anyway, there's um, seven of them. I, I wasn't prepared for that, but uh, it's great that they're on board and we're really looking forward to having them uh, this season. It's, um, it's a good initiative. They're all football people and they've come on board to help us out. Awesome. Uh, you ready to go, Michael? Let's get started, shall we? Belcon- we'll start, uh, as always, alphabetical order. So we'll start with Belcon United. New coach Fabian Michelli, 2020 season. They finished in third place. And then the 2020 Championship Series, they finished fourth. Uh, Russ, uh, what are the uh, ins and outs at Belconnen? Uh, they picked up a couple. They picked up Michael Piccolo from Canberra Olympic and Christian Kreskis has come in from Canberra, Croatia. Uh, interestingly, Michael Mensa um, has come back from a sabbatical. Um, he's uh, going to add a lot of experience to their to their attacking threat. He scored a couple of goals in preseason, actually, against West Canberra Wanderers. Um, they've not lost a lot either. Kofi Danning's gone to Monero Panthers. Um, Jake Garner and John O'Lear have moved interstate and Ethan Stamatis has gone to Gungahlin United. So arguably um, after what we thought might be a summer of turmoil, where there was a lot of rumours around town that they would lose a lot of players, they've probably got the most stable squad out of everybody in the Premier League this year. And I'm really looking forward to watching them play. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the new season. Now, like I said, new coach Russ, Fabian uh, Michelli, he was the under-23s coach last season. And this is his first season coaching in first grade. So it's going to be see, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. However, we all know Belconnen, most, most of the coaches, you know, go through their system. And he's been there for a couple of years now. 
after he came over from a Canberra Croatia a couple of years back. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. And of course, they won 4-1 in that final against Manara, very dominant in that final. So I guess the 23s player should have a nice progression there, as, as they say. And like you said, they're able to retain the majority of their squad, which I think is also key. And I, and but of course, no Paul McCord. So it's going to be interesting to see how they how they go under new coach Fabian Michelli. Now, I think what is key for Belconnen here is that a lot of people haven't been talking about them. So they probably uh, are able to fly under the radar, you know, sort of uh, do what they need to do and, yeah, just fly under the radar. I think that's, I, I think that's really going to be uh, key for them. I think they're all happy with that. Everyone's happy that people are sort of probably uh, counting them out, not, not saying it, but, you know, just talking about other teams instead of them. So I think that'll help. And of course, uh, let's not forget uh, Flores, how great he was last season. I think that's very key that they were able to keep him. And also for his own progression. I think that's I think that's um, very key to say the least. Russ, what are your thoughts on Balcona United? Really good blend mix of youth and experience. If you think what they've got at the back, they've got Jordan Thurtell um, in the sticks. And then in front of him, they've got a back four, which is probably going to include Zach Maybury, um, Darren Bailey, Phil Bourgeois. Um, Isaac Clements, then you bring in people like Taylor Beaton and Dustin Wells, and then you put that sprinkling of, of youngsters around that you talked about, Luca Flores, um, who had a great season last year. They've got another young striker coming through by the name of Max Green, who I saw in preseason um, only briefly because he got injured, but uh, he was he looks a bright prospect. And Max Melick as well, who he injured his knee in the preseason friendly I saw against um, Coniston, I think it might have been, uh, but hopefully he's back and, and, and going again. Uh, and their mix is great. Michael Tarazi, I'm looking forward to see. Hopefully he can stay injury-free uh, this season as well. And if they do, um, they've got a good chance as anybody. Um, you need that experience in Canberra Premier League, especially in a 21-round season where squads are going to be um, very important. And we're going to talk about that, I guess, a lot during this preview about the depth in the squads. And with the 23s that they're bringing through, they're going to be a very good outfit. I think that, you know, um, when we're on the topic of, you know, Belcon and United here, uh, obviously, I think Matt hit the nail on the head when you're talking about a club that has definitely um, not had too much, you know, hype or um, conversation, um, you know, around them in terms of, you know, building up to a season and and what and the additions that they've made uh, to their squad. As you said, they've been able to maintain the majority of the players that that were there uh, last year that, you know, were able to finish in the top four and, I guess. Maybe no one's expecting them to go on and win the title um, for this upcoming season, but you know I, I think a realistic expectation would be would be to obviously be in that top four uh, again. And I definitely think with experienced players uh, that they've that they've got and and the youngsters as well that that we saw uh, last season, like Lucas Flores uh, that that you mentioned previously, he had a fantastic uh, season uh, last year, which you know really catapulted uh, Belconnen um, in, in the final third. So. I mean, and and obviously the coaching change uh, as well. You got you've got a man, a coach who's coming in, having success at the under twenty three level. But how's he going to go uh, coaching uh, first grade? So there'll be a lot of, as as for all the teams, there's going to be a lot of narratives and uh, and stories that that will build up uh, th- throughout the season. Uh, so we'll see how Belcon uh, United do. I also like the signing of Michael Piccolo as well because he can he can play a various amount of positions. Last year we saw him at Olympic play mostly as a central midfielder, but he can play. He can if you need him up front, he can play on the wings. He can play as a 
as a second striker. He can play midfield. He's, he's got a lot of various positions that he can play. So I do like that signing from Fabian. I think he said that was the first person he thought of when he wanted to sign a player up. Yeah, brings good energy um, to the team as well, which they're not struggling with, to be honest, in that middle um, park. But their creativity as well might take a little bit of pressure off Dustin Wells um, as well. And, and, and as we said, the 21-round competition, they're going to need that depth. And no Kofi Danning as well, Russ. And um, I know you and Frank especially were, that was your one of your favourite partnerships up front last season. So uh, uh, no, he's moved on to Monaro. So what do you th- uh, think about their new partnership uh, needed for Lucas Flores? Yeah, well, I think that's where Marco Torazzi, they're hoping he's going to be fit and he can come firing. And I think he's got goals in him. We know that he's got a lot of ability. I'm really interested to see how Michael Mensa um, pulls up as well. He's getting on a little bit in age as we know now. Um, although I can't really say that myself because I am too. Um, but, you know, it's good to see him back in, in there. And they might have him in there for the coach, the experience that Kofi brought as well. He brings that kind of thing too. And as I mentioned, keep an eye out for Max Green as well. I think he might surprise a few people. All right, Michael, on to Canberra, Croatia. Yep, uh, Canberra, Croatia. Uh, they've still got uh, Dino Grunic uh, at, the, at the helm there. Uh, obviously, last season in 2020, they finished first place. Uh, they won the championship. Uh, last season, uh, pretty convincingly, they were they were fantastic. Uh, last year, uh, beating Gungahlin three one uh, in the in the grand final. Uh, Russ, what are what are some of the key um, ins, ins and outs um, concerning uh, Canberra Croatia for this season? Well, much like Belconnen, they're not going to um, do too much. They haven't done much either. Uh, they're keeping the majority of the squad they've got, and why wouldn't you? Why would you change a team that went unbeaten throughout the entire year? Um, they brought in a couple of players. Luke Pilkington's come in for. Um, Nico Oyder, um in the middle of the park. Do you need to get that, man? Let, 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 let it ring. Let it ring. If it goes it might, time. it might be Dean ringing up now to tell us he's... Yeah, you, you can see him uh, with the... Uh, Luke, yeah, Luke, Pilkington, Luke Pilkington in is, is a really big in for them. And Matthew Waters back from injury. Um, he was their player of the year the year before last. And they didn't miss him last year, but he adds that extra dimension um, as a wide left attacking player. They've lost a couple of players. Um, Dom Paolo has gone to Monero Panthers. And of course, Ed Brunskill and um, Ivan Pavlak have retired. Um, but again, I mean, look at the squad they've got. They've got a massive amount of depth at the back. They've got great midfielders. They've got forwards that can score goals and they've got a really good goalkeeper. Um, it's a 21-round comp. They're not going to go undefeated. Uh, I don't think they are anyway. I'll be very surprised if they went through 21 rounds of this competition, given the vagaries of injuries and what have you, undefeated. But they're going to be the team to beat again for me. Yeah, they, they absolutely will. Um, oh, Matt? Yeah. Do you I'm getting mad and I'm turning it off now. Jesus. I should, now, now I've got to keep that in mind. Oh, I want a pizza. Good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone's calling up for, for a large pepperoni pizza for the family. Absolutely. And I'm, what, keep, I'm, keep, I'm keeping that on here oh, so I can you? say it off. Best authentic pizzas in town. <laughs> uh, just, I'm just, yeah, I'll, if they call again. Right, oh, there we go. <laughs> hey, sorry, just let you know we're not open Monday nights and see for a non-work thing. Sorry about yeah. that. Bye. When you call third times, you know you have, you know you really want a pepperoni pizza, right? Well, that's a, the vagaries. <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. Might keep it in. Um, Definitely do so. <laughs> all right. So yeah, Canberra Croatia. Michael, is there anything else you wanted to add before I talk yeah, about Canberra? Absolutely. So obviously we, we've touched on it already. They're the, they're the reigning champs. Um, I think the expectation is they're going to do it again. Obviously, like Russ said. Um, they, they were undefeated last season, but give, given there was a very shortage amount of games and 
we're talking about a 21 game long season now. Uh, so obviously the chances of that happening are going to be, you know, shortened. Um, you know, their, their greatest strength last year uh, was winning games in the last uh, five minutes. We saw them do it on numerous uh, occasions. You know, Russ, uh, I believe you referred it to as uh, Dino time. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think it was a Dino time at some stage. It was the old play on the Fergie time, wasn't it? They just managed to, yeah. you know, they just got goals in them um, when they needed them. And in pre-season, this season's been much the same. They've only played two pre-season matches, but they've scored eight in both games. Um, three players have got hat-tricks already. Um, so they've all got their eye in. Nikos Kalfas has got five goals in two games. Daniel Balac got a hat-trick in the first game against Weston. Um, Jason Ugrinich got a hat-trick and he's got four in two games now. So, yeah, and they've got a young boy on the, from their 18th coming called Mate Busek, um, or Busek, I think it's pronounced. And uh, mm. they've got high hopes for him as well. They think he's going to be an absolute revelation. So hopefully he'll get to show his wares this year as well. But they've got just an outstanding squad from front to back all the way through. And lastly, I just want to mention, um, I think a, a big loss for them will be Nico Oida, uh, who, who had a great uh, season uh, for, for Canberra Croatia last year. Uh, not even just for Canberra Croatia. I mean, he was probably one of the best players uh, in the league. Um, and I'm sure you can attest to that, Russ. He was um, he was fantastic last year. And I'm sure you you obviously covered him a, a lot or the Canberra Croatia team when, when they won the title last year. Just how big of a loss will he be, even though... Canberra, Croatia, you still look at their squad from top to bottom. They're still going to be uh, the favourites. Um, but just how big of a loss will this prove uh, to be in the context of um, how they prepare for this season and, and, and go on to look to retain the title? Normally, you'd say absolutely massive because your player of that, that ilk that can create, can score goals, is just that dominant midfield presence. You'd think, well, how do you replace that? But they brought in Luke Pilkington and he's, he's not the same player, but... He is a quality, quality footballer, and and it's almost as if they've gone well. We've we've lost one, um, you know, local class midfielder that that's that's uh, the standard of this game is is you would say world class in our standards, um, and replace him with another one. And I think Luke Pilkington's got experience of Canberra as well. Um, he's come out of a very strong Victorian Premier League competition, and I'm really excited to see him pull on a, a red shirt and see how he goes in amongst that group of players because I think he's going to shine. Yeah, and when I talked to Matt uh, Gerbisher, the captain of Canberra Croatia, earlier on, um, that, that should be up next week or something like that, uh, my interview with him, uh, he, he was talking, he, he mentioned Luke Pilkington and he, and he talked about how, how happy he is to have him in the squad as well. And he wished Nico Luck, of course, in Sydney. I, I, the thing for Canberra Croatia with me, like I agree, I think they're going to be uh, probably um, one of the hardest teams to beat this season, especially over the whole season. I feel like with the amount of depth they have, and not just that, uh, they've retained the majority of their squad. Like I'm sure you've that that we've mentioned here again, and I think that's really key because, especially if you've just won the comp, it the last thing you want is like sort of a shakeup, and with the same coach, mostly the same players, and especially the core bits of the group there. I think that's what's going to be key for them. And also, I guess the, um, the lead up uh, for these, uh, for Canberra, for Canberra, Croatia, it's uh, obviously, it's going to be very hard to keep it undefeated over the whole season. Like you said, Russ, but I guess just the, the whole build up for this season, I think will be more key for Canberra, Croatia than everyone else, because uh, as we all know, Canberra, Croatia, like some of the biggest clubs in Canberra, they've got an expectation to uh, at the very least make finals. They've, they've had a very truncated build-up. Their initial um, pre-season schedule had a lot of um, interstate trips involved and for one reason or another, they fell by the wayside and they've 
as I said, they've only played Western Malonglo and South Coast United at the moment. They do have a match against ANU, uh, AIS Grass, um, next midweek, uh, three days before they play the Charity Shield against Wagga City Wanderers. So heading into that round one clash, which we'll talk about later against a Tigers FC side that have significantly bolstered. Um, yeah, maybe they'll be a little underdone. I'm not sure, but you know, it's a 21 round comp and you're not going to win it in round one. And they've got enough, enough quality to get past that. 100% on Canberra Crasher, Michael. Sorry? Anything else on Canberra Crasher? Oh, I think we've pretty much uh, hit, hit the nail on the head with uh, Canberra Croatia. I mean, um, they're going to be a very good side uh, to watch under uh, Dino Grunic. Um, you know, like we've already stated, I mean, they're going to um, be a front runner for the title. Um, I expect them to be consistent um, all season long. They might have a, a few hiccups here and there, but nothing that will uh, derail them uh, too much. Uh, that's uh, for certain. Matt, do you want to move on to uh, our, next, uh, our next club? And the next club is Canberra Olympic. Coach Robbie Katnak will be in his second season at the club. Last year, they finished sixth place, which is quite unusual for them. Obviously, a shortened season. And in the fifth place playoff, they finished third, where a lot of their senior players actually didn't end up playing. They played a lot of their youth players in that setup. Uh, Russ, so what are the ins and outs at Canberra Olympic? Yeah, Robbie's um, lost a lot of players that played in that squad last year. It's a real changing of the guard at Canberra Olympic at the moment. And they're bringing through a lot of young, promising talent into that squad. Their major, their major in is Alex Connell, um, goalkeeper from Melbourne, used to play uh, in Canberra for Belconnen United quite a while back. So he's a big pickup for them. And Oliver Wiedeker, back from retirement, pacey winger. Um, he's a fitness instructor as well. So he's, he's super fit and sharp. And that's their major ins. Outs, they've lost, like I said, a fair majority of their players from last year. People like Stephen Dominici last year. Um, Ulrich, uh, Daniel Sparrow, Nick Popovich, you could go on. The list was massive. But um, for Robbie Katnach, he's not um, overly concerned. I've spoken to him a few times in preseason. I've seen him play a couple of times. Um, they're going to rely an awful lot, I think, on the goals of Isaiah Heggie. He's got five in preseason. He can be frustratingly inconsistent, as we've seen um, throughout his career. Sometimes he's unplayable, and other times he can't hit a barn door. Um, but he's been in good form in preseason. I think. It's important for Canberra Olympic that he does hit the ground running and score some goals. And I think this could be a breakout year for him in that respect because there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And some players stand up to that. And I think he could be one of them. Um, a lot of young boys as well to keep an eye in that team. And the leadership of Daniel Linstead at the back might be critical. Um, 100%. I think that will be critical. And you said how it feels like a change of the guard. Uh, even though last year was his first year in charge, I, I think I said when I talked to you, I said this feels like the new era, like it starts now sort of because they've uh, half the players or some of the players have uh, moved on that were well-known for the 2017 run. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, nothing lasts forever. And, and it's a tough gig for whoever was going to follow Frank Keisha into that role as well because of the success he had with that Canberra Olympic team. And we've had him in this room and we've talked to about him a lot. And I was lucky enough to write a book on that, on that campaign you're talking about. And the fact that they did the treble and got the FFA Cup semi-finals, it was an incredible season. And, you know, there's always a case of a little bit of after the Lord Mayor's show when that's happened. And it's difficult for anybody to come in and for the players in that matter to, to lift themselves to that level again. So basically, I think they've gone about it the right way. They've gone, well, we don't need to try and start uh, carry on. We'll just restart again. Rebuild, bring a lot of youngsters through. There's a lot of talented youngsters. We saw them um, at the end of last season. There was a fair few floating around that got ability. Just need to give them their head and, and let them play. Um, it might be a struggle for them against some of the other sides that we look at that we think, uh, in inverted commas, are stacked. 
Um, but you never know. It's 21 rounds. And um, if they can get off to a good start and put some patches of runs together, which is important, um, get some points against the uh, the big teams, if you if you like, then they'll go okay. And he also has told me that he's not only bringing up a lot of players from the 23s, he's also been looking at a lot of players for training for the 18s, which I found interesting as well. So it's Sam, we all know Olympic have had a pretty good youth setup. I mean, they've been in the finals or in that final four for more than a couple of years now. I've seen, I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of their preseason friendlies against Queen Bee and City, and I saw them play Tuggerong United as well. And they had a lot of those youngsters in that squad and the under 18s boys specifically. And there was some really impressive talent there. Um, they lost both those games by the odd goal, um, but it's preseason; it doesn't really matter. I think it's a question of finding. The, those guys, those under 18s, under 23s, getting them into that MPL first grade squad and then finding their feet and saying, well, actually, this isn't much different to what I played before. I can do this. I can bring my ability to this. And when you're playing against players that perhaps you don't know very well, it can be quite hard. So for the other teams, it might be a surprise to play against his Canberra Olympic side and come up against some uh, some fresh talents. Yeah, Michael? I, I, just to touch on Canberra Olympic, and you guys made some um, excellent points. I think when I've been looking at Canberra Olympic and, uh, you know, gathered all the information about sort of how their squad set up uh, for, for this upcoming season and just the changes that they've obviously um, endured over the last couple of years. Obviously, um, Frank uh, Kasia taking a year off uh, last year, um, him obviously going to uh, Monero, Robbie uh, Katnach um, taking over the helm from him last season. It seems a bit as though that they're going through a transitional period um, that we'll get to really see at the forefront uh, this this season. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Matt, Matt touched on it there, how, you know, Robbie's really taken, taken aim on looking at, you know, under 23s, under 18s players to bring into the squad. And I think, you know, it, it could be looked at as a potential little bit of a rebuild um, that, that could, you know, we could really see the benefits of the players that he's going to bring up this season and them shining, you know, two, three years' time. It, it could be a, a process uh, that that might take, you know, a, a bit of time. But there, there looks to be like a bit of a vision in place where they just want to, you know, rely on their uh, rely on their youth a little bit this season, um, you know, show them off to the, to the Canberra, you know, um, football fan base. Um, so I think they'll be uh, young and obviously exciting. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see where um, Canberra Olympic uh, not so much end up, uh, this season, but just how they go about um, nurturing their their youngsters and how they fit into first grade football. Yeah, I think the goals, as, as I mentioned, the goals of Eheggy are going to be crucial to them. I think, yeah. and I think he can do it. I think he can score the goals that that can uh, can keep them up. I guess you'd say in this season. But um, I spoke to Robbie. He's not that concerned. He doesn't think that they're going to be in that mix at the bottom and the end um, of the season. But we'll wait and see. And um, we wish him all the best. Yeah, and in the interview I just posted today with him, he said that. Fine, uh, top four is still the aim. Mm. It's it's it's, Olymp- it is, it's, yeah. it's Olympic and it, it doesn't change. So and why should it? I mean, I think no. the group he's got, like I say, you bring young players in, they're young, enthusiastic, um, and they bring something different. And uh, before we move on to Ghana, when you and when you say like when, once you stop aiming for a club like them, once you stop aiming for the top four, then that's you know when it sort of all falls apart. Yeah, I, don't I guess think, I don't think you ever stop aiming for the top yep. four. I don't think any club in that in that competition is going to start the year going well, we're fighting against relegation or we're going to be mid-table or whatever it might be, they're all going to go, well, we can make the top four here. They would have seen what they've got last year. They would have had a, that truncated season last year was almost like a, a gimme long pre-season, if you like. Um, they've been able to shuffle their sides around, have a look at players. You know, we've spoke about it last year. 
these players, the coaches have looked at their players and gone, well, I use this as, a, as an opportunity to blood these young players, see if they've got it at this level. And this is the season that matters. Indeed it is. Michael, uh, next club, Gangalan United. Gangalan United, yes, indeed. So Marcel um, Munoz, uh, obviously uh, Gangalan finished uh, second uh, in, in the 2020 uh, season last year. Uh, they also, like we mentioned previously, they lost to Canberra, uh, Croatia in the grand final 3-1. Uh, Russ, uh, quite a bit of, of change at uh, Gungahlin uh, United, it seems, yeah, for this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were sat here this time last year talking about all the players that they brought in from other clubs and, and it was a, a yep. list as long as your arm and it was a who's who of Canberra football. Um, for one reason or another, as we've said before, things have changed. Um, they've got a very young team again. I watched them on the weekend play Queen Bean City. Um, they drew 1-1. It was a Bit of a cabbage patch, though, out there at Gugong. It's um, looking, it always is. <laughs> it's not looking too good there at the moment. But they brought in some good talent. Um, they brought in Nick Dahl from Monero Panthers. He's played in a grand final. He knows what that's about. Really excited to see Roy Anderson kick on as well. He was good at West Canberra Wanderers last year. And I think in Garland United, he might thrive a bit more. Robbie Kachenko's gone over there as well. Um, from Monero, he was very good at the Panthers too. So they're, they're a bit much like Olympic. It's a little bit of a changing of, of the guard there as well. Marcel's got these young boys coming through. Um, he's still got some experienced talent there. Felipe Bernabo Madrid, of course, um, will lead the line. Michael John's still there. So they've still got a lot of talent in that squad. They have lost a lot. They've lost a lot of their um, first grade players from last year, gone across the Tigers and Monero and certain other places. But I don't think they'll be too concerned. Um, I think he'll look at that squad and go, well, a lot of the boys I've got have kept are here for the right reasons. They're, they're strong players. They're first grade players. And he's brought up these group of young boys from the 23s into his first grade squad as well to give them an opportunity. And they've had a reasonable pre-season. They've um, won a couple, lost a couple, um, scored some goals here, there. Um, and I think they're going to do all right. I think, yeah, I, I think they most definitely will. Um, I mean, two grand finals uh, appearances in back-to-back uh, seasons. So they're obviously eyeing a, a, a third appearance, uh, hoping to change the result uh, this season for sure. Um you know, a, a, a lot was obviously one of the biggest themes in preseason that we discussed last year was, you know, how all those players, uh, all those personalities that had come into Gungahlin United, the who's who of, of Canberra football, as you mentioned, Russ, how was uh, Marcel going to handle such a big squad with a lot of talent um, where that's obviously changed uh, this season. It's kind of done the opposite uh, effect. He's had a lot of people... Uh, or a lot of players, sorry, leave and, um, you know, see, seek other opportunities other, at other clubs. But, you know, like, like you mentioned, they've had a, uh, a couple of uh, really good players uh, come in, like uh, like Nick Dahl, like you mentioned. They've obviously got their mainstays in Nick Rathjen, Felipe uh, Bernabo, uh, Madrid, and, and Captain Jack Green. That's in, absolutely integral, uh, integral, sorry, uh, to, that, to that team. And, um, you know, uh, t- time will tell um, how, how well they'll uh, do this this season 21 games uh matt what are your thoughts on uh gungahlin uh united uh, for this upcoming season obviously the biggest uh you know i've gone over one of those one of the biggest highlights that they'll have um you know for, for this season uh we'll see if they can you know make that third straight uh grand final appearance but i guess i guess what are your thoughts and feelings on the changes and what you expect from gungahlin i'm yeah i'm intrigued to see Gungahlin and we mentioned this plenty of times last year on the podcast I thought you hit the nail on the head right there Michael when you were talking about how it was always a big squad and it was always going to be difficult to keep that and in the one of the 
just before the final, when I talked to him, he, even Marcel was saying there, he was still saying how he, he stressed how, you know, the whole squad, it was, you know, it was supposed to be for 21 rounds and, and, you know, he, he would have liked to see more games played, even if it was just, you know, another round or a couple more games. So I, I understand the frustration, especially when they, you know, the amount of work, um, it would have taken to, you know, get a squad like that together last year. And um, Monaro and Tigers are two, are two teams where you can definitely say they know what that's like. Um, to garner such big squads, it's, it's always going to be a little disappointing when you can't play the whole, uh, the, whole, the whole team, especially in that small amount of time. But when I talked to their assistant coach, coach Chris Cadge, he was very happy with all the youngsters coming in. And uh, he, was, he also uh, highlighted how happy they were to get some of the club's juniors back. So I think it was Tachenko, Stamatis, and, and there was another player as well. I don't remember who it was, but um, he, he mentioned how it was, can, and that was, I thought that was key when he said that that sort of stu- stood out to me because that sort of, uh, sort of touches upon their philosophy. He kept, they, when I chatted to Chris, it's still all about the philosophy. When I said, what are your aims? He said, our aims are to um, keep, keep playing the football they want to play. It's always a philosophy first for them again, Garland. So I thought that was very um, telling that they, uh, he talked about the, the juniors first and uh, especially the ones that used to be their juniors and they, the, the return to the club and also the philosophy. Well, I mean, Marcel Munoz is one of the best coaches that we have in Canberra and he can put a side out in the park. I don't think it matters too much with him who's in there because they'll play the system that he wants to play and they'll make it work. Uh, Michael mentioned two names in there that are going to be pivotal to to their season. Jack Green, as you mentioned at the back, is always pivotal to everything they do. But Nick Rathjen, who goes under the radar with them a little bit, I think uh, he was um, one of their best players when they won the grand final a couple of years ago. They missed him through injury a little bit last year. Um, Having him fit and firing in the middle of the park and just doing what he does, which is just patrol that area in front of the back four and just pick the passes out. Um, Yeah, if they can do that, they'll, they'll go okay and... Um, again, they'll rely on the goals of Felipe Bernardo Madrid. And I think Roy Anderson's going to weigh in with a few as well. And it's quite an experienced side with a splinkered of mix, uh, mix of youth in there as well. I saw Moses Garang score a lovely goal on the weekend against Queen Bean City. So he's come through as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how they progress. Absolutely. Matt, you want to move on? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with everything uh, Russ said there. And um, like you said, Bernardo Madrid especially, I think... Um, will be key with some of those goals, especially he scored in the final when it looked like Canberra Croatia were dominating the majority of that match. He comes in and he scores. I saw him play, I saw Gungalan play against O'Connor and he was, even though it was 1-1 and they probably didn't play to their full potential, but some of those breaks uh, Bernabeu would make down the flank is just absolutely insane. So he's, I, I do think he'll be key with them. And of course, uh, Jack Green and Rathjen, like you said, Jack Green always knows how to keep a defence organised, whether it's a back three or a back four, which they do like to change throughout the season. Um, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see whether they do change that this year. Their back three last year got called out a couple of times, especially in that final series, whether um, Marcel will stick to that philosophy or whether he would go to a flat back four and change the system somewhat will remains to be seen. So if they can bring that into their game and have that versatility to play with a three or a four, it makes them a very difficult prospect. Yeah, and that Oconomatch, match, I do believe they were playing with the back three the majority of the match that I saw. Uh, Michael, is there uh, any any more on Gungalan or do we move on to Tigers? Uh, you mean Monero? Uh, yeah, sorry, Monero. <laughs> You've written them up already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, I think like like we've mentioned, I, I think Gungalan are still going to be a um, you know a top four. Obviously, they're, they're a mainstay in that in that top four. Um, given the um, 
even though they've lost a lot of personnel, I think um, like like we've mentioned, they've they've got a blend of of youth and and, and experienced players that will sort of steer the ship uh, d- during the over the course of the season. So um, I think we all should expect uh, Gondolin to still be you know up towards uh, the the higher end of the at the end of the table uh, come come the end of the season. So um, yeah, a lot will depend on um, you know injuries. You mentioned Nick Rathjen and how he missed uh, some games last year through injury and how integral um he is to that um Gungahlin United uh, squad in front of the back four um so it, w- it will just depend on if they can one just keep their main uh main players fit and and two if the, those sort of younger players that, that are coming into the squad or that are just you know getting in and around first grade football uh can you know build off of off of those um more experienced players 100% and next like you said Monaro we are on to New coach, Frank Kasher. It's a new era at Monaro Panthers. 2020, of course, they finished uh, as the Wooden Spooners uh, in eighth place. They finished uh, second in the uh, in the playoff series, but they won that playoff final against the then-named Woden Western uh, Wanderers. So, Russ, what are the ins and outs at Monaro, or at least the... How long, uh, have, you, how long have you got? <laughs> Wait, they're more Tigers. Who's longer? Um, is it, yeah, this is what happened with Tigers last year. How long have you got this year? It's, um, um, Keish has uh, brought in a lot of players that we know, um, you know, and a lot of them have had experience of him at Canberra Olympic. I think in that run that we talked about, I think there's... I think I was talking to Frank before he said he's coached all of these players that he's brought in at one stage or other in his career in the past. He's brought in people like uh, Josh Calabria, Kofi Danning, Stephen Dominici, Dom Gianpaolo, both Habtamerians, Tom McLaughlin, Lasse Ulrich. I mean, it's a, it's a huge list, all quality players. Um, and it's testament to Frank Keisha as a coach and his ability to be able to, to attract those players to a club that finished eighth last year. Um, but he's managed to keep the core of the players he's wanted to keep there. David Jenkins, um, Evan Alexandro, really the goalkeeper, Lukman, Ahmed Shaibu um, as well, and Sam Smith. Um, so they've got the best of what they had last year and he's, he's integrated these new players in. Now the question is, can this group of new players gel and put on enough performances to get enough points to win the title? Now, in, in a seven-round season last year, you'd, you'd question it. You'd say, well, you, perhaps not. It's going to take four or five rounds for them to really find their niche. In a 21-round campaign... Um, and Frank won't thank me for saying it, but I think they're probably one of the favourites up there with Canberra Croatia, based solely on on what they've got in terms of the talent in their roster. Um, you can't argue with it, to be honest. It looks really good. Um, but with that comes what we spoke about before, with expectations and the ability that other teams will look at them to 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 be the side that's making the play every time that they play them. They might shut up shop, might find it defensively difficult to break down teams, and they're there to be shot at. Um, but that's what the club wants. That's what Monero Panthers wants. That's why they hired a coach like Frank to get them there. And that's why he's brought in these players. They haven't come there to sit in there and play in the bottom four final series, have they? Yeah, no. absolutely. I mean, Russ, I, I guess just to just to touch on that, I guess how much does that just speak to Frank Cash's influence in, in Canberra football? I mean, we're talking about Monero Panthers who, who you know, there's no secret. There's no lie about it. They, they struggled last season. Uh, they finished uh, bottom of the table. I mean, to bring in a coach with the experience and resume uh, of Frank Keisha to then, you know, bring in all these quality players that, that he's worked with in the past. And there's all these questions about, you know, how long it might take for them to integrate their, their playing squad throughout a 21 game season. But 
obviously those players are very familiar with Frank and what he demands and what he wants uh, for, from his team. But I guess, Russ, does that sort of speak to how good of a coach Frank is, that he can take this team that finished eighth last season, albeit that they've made a lot of changes. But, I mean, to talk about going from Wood of Spooners to potentially winning the title just, I guess, speaks just how great uh, of a coach uh, Frank is and the influence that he will have this season. Yeah, let's not forget that that Panthers side, even though it did finish eighth last year, was probably exceptionally unlucky to finish eighth. We did a couple of their games early in the season. I think they hit the woodwork more than any side that I've ever seen in my life. It was, it was almost first there at Riverside Stadium for a while. And they had did have a good core of players in that team. There were some really good um, footballers in that side. They just couldn't buy themselves a goal. Now, Frank's got a basis there where he's gone in and gone, well, here's a group of players I want to keep. There might be seven, eight, nine of them in that group. And he's added to them the eight or nine players that he knows very well and he knows can fit into the style of football that he wants to play. Now, that's crucial. Um, I've seen them a number of times in preseason. Yes, they're a work in progress. They were a bit patchy in some in some parts. They Some parts they looked good. Some parts they looked a bit rusty. Um, they can't buy a goal from the penalty spot right about now. They've had three in pre-seasons and, and they missed them all. Um, oh, so that's something to work on. But, have they, but, have they know, hit the target at least? Yeah, you look at you look at the team that they've got out there and the players they've got. And I, and I haven't even mentioned people like Seb Woods, who's uh, pushing for a first grade spot there as well. And 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 people like James Driscoll, another youngster there that's going to be trying getting into that first grade outfit. And it's a really, really good squad. Um, it's going to take them a while to gel, but when they do, um, I think I said to the uh, Monero committee earlier in the season in one of the preseason friendlies I watched, uh, when they do click, someone's going to cop an absolute flogging from this group. Yeah, it, for, for me with Monero, with all the players that are coming in, uh, I think you nailed it on the head, Russ, uh, to keep the, the core there. You're bringing in a lot, but you're keeping the core. Like, Lukeman was outstanding in his first ever season, I thought, especially near the end, he really started to to gain his momentum. And then even near the end of the season, when you said they kept hitting the post, in the last couple of games, they started to not create as many goals. And then they were that's when they were really relying on Lukeman last season. And if uh, sometimes if the defence would you know catch Lukeman out, uh, they they sort of struggled. That's that's how it happened at the end of the season. At the start of the season, though, um, like you said, against Canberra Croatia, they could have easily won in those those first couple of games, especially. So in saying that, though, I think it's good that they've got some uh, more midfield depth now. Uh, McLaughlin, I think, is great because uh, he's he's a real anchor in that midfield. And I also an underrated one, which no one really, which they haven't talked about in a while, because he's been playing different positions, is uh, Sam Rosbach, and I think he's going to be playing more of a midfielder now, which I think they could have used at the end of last season when they were struggling to create. Uh, I know he was playing fullback. I, I reckon if they put him in, they maybe might have been able to create a few more chances. Like, for example, in the Tuggerong match where it was nil-nil near the end of the season, just uh, just for an example. So I think that's also going to be a key one. I know he's not a new signing, but he's changing uh, positions from what I've been told. Yeah, Tom McLaughlin, um, one of those well-known Canberra stat- stats, seven straight grand finals he's played in now, which is Impressive. a phenomenal achievement. And he'll be hoping to make it eight Amazing. this year. Um, ben Basser-Silk has been playing yep. next to him in midfield as well. And he's been a revelation in that position that Frank's put him in just as the, the second number six. And you go further forward and then you perm whichever one's from five. You've got Danning, Dominici, Giampaolo, Sam Smith, Ahmed Shaibu. Five strikers there that are all different in the way they play. And it gives them so many options. Um, fitting them all in, finding the right system is going to be the key. And you mentioned Frank's there as well. And he's got Ian Worthington as assistant there and Matt Keisha as well. So they've got a good group off the field as well. They've got a good group on the field. And 
despite losing a few players and a few of the youngsters, obviously, that have seen that they're not going to get a run and have maybe gone to another club. Um, yeah, if you can bring that culture together, uh, you've got half a chance. And I think by bringing players in that have played together in the past, um, they all know each other very well as well. I think he's uh, hit the ground running. Would you say it speeds up the process? 100%. Yeah, I think it would have to. I mean, you look at the group that he's brought in and the names we've mentioned. Um, you look at people like Calabria, Dominici, Jeremy Hudson, McLaughlin. They were all there in that in that run we were talking about with Canberra Olympic. And they all know each other very, very well. So it, it definitely helps the process. And I think that's half the battle is you can get a coach in there that goes, well, I want X player to come with me. Um, that player is comfortable with that coach, but so is everybody else he's played with. So they go, well, I'm going. Are you going to come as well? And it makes a big difference, especially in a town which we've spoken about many times in the past. It's very small. It's very easy to go from one club to another. It's not as if we're talking hours by car here. The longest road trip is about 30 minutes um, in terms of training up to north if you're not going to Kuma. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good season for them. Again, um, expectations. Yep. Um, what are the expectations? The Monero board are going to have their expectations as well. Well, yeah, um, they had, I believe the last time they won the grand final was 99, if I'm not mistaken. So, and they've been struggling to make the top four for at least um, for the better part of 10 years. I know they've been in and out. So I think for the board, 100%, it's going to be at the very least uh, final four. I know Frank. If they don't make the four, I think it'd be a disaster for one, them, to be honest. I, I, at the very least final four, Grand final, they'll definitely want with the amount they've gone out on and getting a whole lot of sponsors to uh, fund this team. And But for Frank is going to, which is, I understand, he's, he's going to sort of downplay it and say, we just want to build for the future and then build the process coming in. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. Michael? Oh, I'm sorry, I before gonna, we move I was on. just going to say, looking at that group and having talked about Canberra, Olympic, uh, Canberra, Croatia as well, and we'll go on to Tigers and yep. a couple of other teams, Egg and Garland as well, that we spoke about with their quality that they've got. Um we haven't thrown the FFA Cup into this mix. That that trophy obviously puts a, a lot of pressure on teams, a lot of midweek games. And, you know, you look at those groups and go, could these clubs do us proud as a, as a, as a territory in the FFA Cup? And you look at this squad, you look at Croatia, you look at Tigers, you look at Kangala, and you think, yeah, Bel Conan as well. You think, yeah, they wouldn't be out of place, would they? 100%. Michael, uh, any, any more comments before you move on to Tigers? Yeah, most definitely. I think in a more general sense, then this just doesn't obviously apply to... Um, Monero Panthers but I mean one of the telling sort of you know stories this season will be how teams are going to be integrating a 21 game MPL season on top of those commitments of of, of cup football too compared to last season where they were only playing you know seven games so it'll it'll be interesting to see how you know how each team sort of manages their squad uh, to fit uh, what they have during the week and and on the weekend as well so it's going to be um, you know, a bit of an adjustment period um, for teams to get back into that. It's not something that they're obviously not unfamiliar with, but they did have that shortened season last year. Um, granted, it wasn't their fault. Um, so it will be interesting to see how, um, how teams go about managing uh, their season and, and commitments as well uh, with the Cup and uh, the MPL. Moving on, uh, we got Tigers FC. Uh, obviously, the co- coach uh, there is Ryan Grogan uh, there for his second uh uh, year at the helm uh, they finished just in the top four uh, the last season in fourth place uh, and third in that championship uh, series in 2020 uh, Russ changes at this club yeah, changes uh, are plenty. Let's delve into it. 
Yeah, changes are plenty, isn't there? I mean, they've brought in some quality from Gungala and Anthony Timotheu, um, Lockie Griffiths and Josh Kalevsky, to name three quality, quality footballers that they've brought in there. They've also brought in um, Nick Popovich and Daniel Sparrow from Canberra Olympic as well. Adds to their depth that they've already got. Rocco Stricker back fit as well. Sam Whittier, who's been amongst the goals pre-season, so is Julian Borgner. Um, they've lost a fair few. Uh, they've gone to Queanbeyan City, to Gabby um, Wilkes um, revolution there, if you like. Uh, he's got, you know, people like Hussein Frejkron, Josephowski, Mark Shields, uh, Michael Kitter, Alex Ola-Rigby, they've all moved on. They've replaced him with the, with the younger generation, if you like. And is it working? Well, their last three results in pre-season, 7-1, 7-0 and 7-3. So you tell me. Sounds like a sounds like an over overlong tennis match, doesn't it? <laughs> Just goals, goals, goals. Masses um, of... Yeah, um, you know... It's it's a toss up between the highest investors in, in players this season between you know t- Tigers and and Monero. And we I know that we mentioned previously uh, on the on the show about you know how last season it was you know Gungahlin with all the additions and how they were going to be able to handle that and now it's uh, you know you know Tigers and and Monero. Um, I, I think a great addition uh, for them is in the assistant coaching uh, area where they've got um, Anthony uh, Jaganeric. Uh, am I saying that right? Close, Close enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he doesn't get mad at me for that. Um, so it gives Grogan a, a, a very good second opinion. Um, you know, it, it's a great move uh, by, by Tigers, uh, given uh, and, and Tony's uh, resume in, in Canberra football, uh, and in particular his, ama- his amazing success with uh, Belconnen United in MPLW. I mean, I don't really have to get into it too much there to, you know, really say how fantastic he was for women's uh, football in, in Canberra and, and what he did with that Belconnen United team. It, it it was absolutely amazing. And I think to have him come over to uh, MPL football and, you know, be uh, Grogan's second, uh, second man um, will pr- provide, uh, will sorry, prove to be a, a great uh, addition to this team as they look to, you know, con- contend for a, for a title, even though they've had those players, as you mentioned, uh, move on to, uh, Queanbeyan City, where they've gone and, and linked up with uh, Gabby Wilk over there, but they, they've brought in some great players that you mentioned from uh, from Gungahlin United in Timotheo, Golovsky and, and Griffith. So I think the the ceiling is still high uh, for, for this team <coughs> to uh, contend for a title. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I'm expecting high, uh, very high hopes uh, of this Tigers outfit. Matt, any any thoughts and feelings or, uh, for, for Tigers? I mean, I mentioned the uh, that Grogan's uh, got a new right right hand man now in uh in Antony. Uh, is there any other areas in which you see real progression or, or strengths that they can use heading into the twenty twenty one campaign? Not to palm it off, but uh, Russ, I think was about to say something. <coughs> yeah, there, well, so I think I think I'll let you go first. I think you made the point because um Ryan Grogan has looked at that squad last year and he's and he's probably looked at his outfit and gone, well, we finished in the top four. Um, where were we struggling? Um, defensively. Maybe we need another centre back, so goes and gets Lachlan Griffiths. Um, we didn't create enough chances, so goes and gets Anthony Timothy and Joshua Golevsky. We didn't score enough goals, so goes and gets Nick, Nick Popovich, and Golevsky will weigh in with goals as well. So he's obviously looked at that squad, as most of the coaches would, that aren't starting from scratch, and gone, Where can I improve on this outfit to make us better than last year? They weren't that far away from a grand final last year, remember? Um, and but it was their lack of goals that cost them in the end. And I think they've they've made the they've made the difference this year. And keeping up with Jay Kelly as well, because he was great at Canberra Olympic last year. And I think he's a very underrated signing for Tigers and probably make a big difference to them. One hundred percent. 
And uh, you mentioned a good point there in terms of looking at the squad and saying what do we need to what do we need to change? How do we improve? Because I mean, it's I mean, it's fair to say it might be a bit harsh, but it's fair to say that you know, um, in terms of them making the finals, they only made it because uh, Tagranong ended up conceding in the last five minutes, and Tagranong were on on their way to doing that before then. So Tigers sort of um, so you got to sort of look at it and say, all right, we're not taking this for granted. We didn't, you know. We, we, there's, there's always more, more room for improvement. And they went in there and they completely uh, Im- improved it. And I, like you said, uh, like Michael said before, I guess with Gabby moving on to Queanbeyan City and him taking a lot of sort of the older, so, sort of the players that have been there for a while. So it, it, we've been saying this, we said this for a couple of the other clubs, but, uh, and actually sort of reminisces just what we're saying about Olympic really in saying that even though it's Ryan, Ryan Grogan's second year at the club, this is the year that feels like the new era at Tigers. Yeah, there'll be a big miss in Tony Spaseski. He's joined St. George up in Sydney, and I thought he was very good last year. He brings that dynamism and energy to the team. But as you said, they weren't they weren't that far away, but they, they did get a, a sneak into the finals. Um, but, you know, that that's just because I think the shortened season, it was just one of those yeah. things. It's not to say they weren't without the quality there last year. Sam Witches um, was scoring goals. He's actually got a fair few in preseason. He's got five in the last two as well. So he's... He's in a bit of form, and um, they've got a young young boy called Lachlan Harrington in there that netted five in a preseason friendly as well. So um, he's definitely improved the squad, and he's got a bigger squad than before, and, and a younger looking squad as well. Um, and I think he did his work early, and, and he he did it a lot of it before Christmas, and got the players in, in and signed up when the end of the season was done, so that they could plan for this year. And it, they've got a great first round tie, which we'll talk about um, in a bit, but. If they hit the ground running, they're going to be very difficult to catch up as well. As with most Tigers teams in the past, they'll score lots of goals. I think they'll score lots of goals. Under Gabby, they always scored lots of goals. Um, question is whether they can keep them out at the other end. And if they can do that, they're very much title challenges for me. 100%. Uh, anything else, Michael, before we move on to Tuggernaut? Well, absolutely. I think, uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned how they're such a force going going forward and the, and the different personnel that they have, they can find uh, the back of the net. Um, you almost look at it as if they will just look to simply outscore their opponents by winning, you know, 4-2, 4-3, 5-4, 5-3, wh- whatever the case may be. But it really will be about, yes, maintaining that strength and power that they have uh, going uh, going forward and, and, and the goals that they score. But I think, like you said, it will be telling that um, they, they want to stop those goals going in at, at the other end. And obviously, Tony... Spaseski is a massive uh, loss for them. Um, he, he's a fantastic uh, centre half. Um, so St George picked up a good one there, and um, you know it, we know the talent that they have up front. It'll it'll be yeah just about keeping them um, from going in and, at the other end. You mentioned the high scoring games from a completely neutral point of view. We hope they continue. I wouldn't mind a few five. <laughs> it's, it's good for the good for the football fans here in Canberra. We're not complaining about the goals, so not for the coach's blood pressure though. No, definitely not. Not at all. Not at all. So let's move on to Tuggerong United. Uh, Coach Mitch Stevens, of course, they finished fifth place last year. Like I just mentioned, then they ended up missing out in the last five minutes for the finals and they finished last in the uh, fifth place playoff. Now, look, we can all expect Tuggerong to be a fighting team. They're always in there um, without really a shadow of a doubt. They're always in that... um, competition even when they started uh, slow at the start of last year they ended very well uh for mitch i think what is key and he said this to me when i had a chat to him as well is keeping that core group together they've mostly kept the core group together like russ will touch on 
uh, very shortly. And I guess another thing for uh, Tagronong is, you know, like uh, is is the, is their coach Mitch Stevens. Uh, we've said it before. He he knows how to get the best. Uh, he's probably one of the best in terms of getting the best out of his out of his crop of talent when it's not going so well. He knows how to turn it around. He's shown it on a number of occasions. And um, the fact that no one's really talking about Tagronong as well, sort of like for Belconnen, I think it will 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 help them. They just sort of fly under the radar do what they can. And over 21 rounds, they're going to, Mitch said he wants to push for top four, as I'm sure all the clubs want to this season. So, uh, Russ, who are the um, ins and outs at Tuggernaut? Yeah, well, they've, they've brought in, um, they've kept pretty much the same squad as last year, to be perfectly honest, but they've brought in th- three key players. Connor Nolan back from overseas will add some steel to that midfield and um, he can play in that number six role, which will allow Cam Doherty perhaps to go back to his more preferred position of left back, which will probably help the balance of the side. Um, they've also brought in a young centre-back, Tarazi Mbogo from Brindabella Blues. He's a towering presence for 16 years old. Um, he's huge. Um, and in preseason, he looked really good. And they partnered him with Harrison Bunnell. And it's a, a centre-back partnership that they've had since they played in the under-16s together um, before Torazi went across to Brindabella for a season. And those two boys, um, belie their age, you should see the size of them. Harrison Bunnell was a bit of a waif last year. And I don't know what his parents have been feeding him, but he's come back bulked up and he looks, he looks a massive presence. Um, and so defensively, they're going to be super solid. Uh, difficult to break down. Now, the problem they had last year was creating and scoring goals. Now, to to rectify that, he's gone um, back to Shane Murray, who they had a couple of seasons ago, who's an absolute dead ball expert, expert, um, created three goals from corners in a preseason friendly. Um, And they've got a couple of young boys up front in Harris and Harry Truman, who burst onto the scene last year. And another young lad that they brought in who's on the fringe of the first team, a guy called Geno Saruti, who looked pretty good in preseason, looks like to, to be your quintessential um, false nine, likes to drop into the holes and play the ball, but good presence about him as well. And, and he can score goals too. So the question is whether they'll get enough to be in the top four. Um, they might well do. I think they will defend well. They will battle hard, as we know, and they'll rely on set pieces. Um, and if they can do that and use the talents of people like Andrew Slavich, Mark guy, Danny Fulton, um, they could surprise one or two. And for Tuggeron, last year, as you said, fifth, um, missed out on the finals by a goal in the last 30 seconds, they'll be targeting this year and go, well, if we don't make the top four, from our point of view, um, that's disappointing. And I think I think Mitch Stevens will look at that and go, I will be disappointed if we don't get into the top four. Um, and that's got to be a good thing for the competition. 100%. Uh, Michael, any more on Tuggeron before we move on to West Canberra? Yeah, I, I think they obviously haven't made uh, the finals uh, since, you know, back in 2018 when they, you know, were they had that exceptional... Uh, campaign where they ended their you know 14 uh, year run uh, with their absence uh, from the finals and we you 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 guys touched on it there where they were agonizingly close to you know getting in the top four uh, last season bar giving up that goal uh, at, at the in the dying embers uh, against Canberra Croatia um, you know it, it's good that Mitch has been able to keep a hold of the the same squad. Uh, well, relatively the same squad and maintain that that core, which is always important uh, to to a successful team. Um, mixing it with those with the youngsters, uh, like you mentioned at the back, um, you know, you get the sense that um, you know Mitch is a, a great. He, he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. Um, you know, he's a, he's a very approachable guy. You, you can tell that his players love um, love playing for him. They're they're always wearing their hearts on their sleeve, and that they'll grit and they'll grind. So. Um, you know, uh, I'm expecting, um, you know, big things uh, from Tuggeron, uh this season. They'll, 
uh, they'll prove to you know give give a couple of those other teams that that we're talking about that are expected to finish in the top four a bit a bit of trouble. That's that's for sure. One hundred percent. On to West Canberra Wanderers, Michael. West Canberra Wanderers. I've got to get used to saying that. You, yep. you know, there's, there's all these, there's all these name changes. You, know, you didn't know who I was talking about, did you? When I said that, that's why you paused for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we've got U- Ulysses uh, De Silva at the uh, at the helm again, uh, following his first season last year, where they finished uh, seventh. Um, but they, they managed to turn around in that in that playoff uh, series where they where they finished first. Um, and you know, uh, well, obviously they. Sorry to just go into that a little bit more. They they lost that. Um, oh, they. Sorry, they finished runners up to Monero uh, in that uh, in that playoff uh, final. Um, I think you know, De Silva's side to to say the least. Uh, you know, they, they've been. They've been a team that's been affected by, you know, de- departures uh, with the likes of both Barisic's uh, and Jay Seldon uh, leaving to Sil- uh, Sydney and uh, Melbourne, respectively. Um, you know, they went through, you know, a real, you know, bit of a weird phase last season in terms of, you know, they 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 had a squad at the start of the season, then they had, you know, players come in um, throughout throughout the shortened season, and then they tried to integrate those players. So there was just a lot of um, chopping and changing, but like we said, uh, and just for most teams, um, anyway, the seven game shortened season last year could have just been looked at and, uh, f- you know, more so as let's tinker with our squads. Let- let's see what different formations we can play, what partnerships we can establish because, you know, next season we'll, we'll have a, you know, we'll, we'll have a longer season and, you know, um, it, it'll give us a chance to really, you know, see what partnerships uh, will work well going forward uh, into the 2021 season. And, you know, I think uh, Ulysses has had a bit of time now to, um, you know, work out, uh, you know, the, the personnel of his of his team and, and what's going to work well. And, you know, they, they did have some good results uh, t- towards the tail end of uh, last season. As we meant, as I mentioned, you know, they, they finished runners up in the playoff final. Uh, so they really managed to turn it around after a very difficult start to the season where, you know, they didn't score a goal uh, f- for the first few games, didn't they, Russ? Yeah, they couldn't buy a goal for the first three or four rounds, could they? But as you said, they picked up towards the end of the season and played some good football. As as with most times with West Canberra Wanderers, um, you look at them every year when they were Woden Western and before that Woden Valley, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they're not one of the most fashionable clubs in Canberra. They won't mind us saying that, which means every year they've got to pull something out of the hat. And they seem to pull these rabbits out of the hat with these young boys that they promote up through their, their talented pathways. And it's very similar to their women's team. They have this progression through their youth system where they've got this train of people, boys that they just bring through. And we'll see it again this year. We'll see a lot of new names and new faces in that squad, ones that perhaps we're not too familiar with and ones that will go, well, how are they going to find life at the top table, so to speak? And very similar with the Canberra Olympic in that respect. And Pre-season, um, Yuri's given a lot of players a lot of opportunities to shine. Um, last few results haven't been great for them, but it's pre-season results and they won't really care. It's whether or not these guys can can really gel. They brought in um, a couple of South Americans as well that look pretty good. Marco Pena from Chile is here as well. And there was a couple of Brazilians in the game I saw against um, South Coast Flames too. So, um, you know, whether or not they can gel, we'll wait and see. And I think it's going to be an interesting season for Yuli and his boys. 
Um, we haven't talked about relegation for any of these club sides at the moment, and all, all eight of them will be looking over their shoulders at one stage this season and going, well, it could be us that go. But alternatively, all eight of them will be eyeing that top four and going, we can make it. And, and West Canberra Wanderers won't be thinking any different. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And I think, Matt, just to sort of go off that, I mean, can you speak a little bit about, you know, we are talking about, you know, relegation uh, this season, uh, but we'll, uh, relegation promotion between MPL1, MPL2. And, you know, we're, we've touched on it there about, you know, teams having to look over their shoulders. And as the season goes on and that pressure increases to stay in the league, you know, uh, I guess, can you just talk a little bit about a, a team like West Canberra Wanderers who, you know, um, you know, might be looking over their uh, shoulder as, as for other teams, uh, to say the least, um, about, you know, how that is going to play into the mindset of a team like West Canberra Wanderers when you do take into consideration that last season was a filling out process. There was no relegation. It was a shortened season, but that is completely changed for 2021 where the normality has returned and you've got promotion, the excitement, sorry, of promotion and relegation. I guess, can you just speak a little bit on that? Yeah, so when I talked to Ulysses, he wasn't, you know, he didn't shy away from the fact that, you know, they that they lost a lot, you know, they lost a lot of players, especially a lot of their uh, their key quality that brought them back to not end up, you know, to turn around their season last year. He, you know, he didn't shy away from it. Ulysses is probably one of the most honest, you know, um, coaches out there. He'll tell you like it is if you ever chat to him. So they're 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 expecting it, but I think they're going to be looking at it as let's because on paper. A lot of people have been saying on paper they're, uh, you know, they're probably one of the um, one of the favourites to go down, and I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's harsh harsh to say, but someone's got to go. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 the thing. So I think they'll be using that. They should probably be using that as a you know as a as a as a swap over sort of like as a as a fuel for the players. Yours or. Um, I think they've got Oider in as an assistant coach, if I'm not mistaken, as well, who coached Queen City last year. So that's another good uh, second opinion to have also. I think they're going to be using it as, look, a lot of people are talking about us and they're saying that we're going to go down. Um, we, we don't have the best squad on paper and you, uh, we have a very young squad and no one's expecting a lot from us. So let's use that as, as fuel to the fire. Let's use it to, you know, prove everybody wrong. I'm sure that's the, um, the mindset they're going to have and that's the mindset they should have because once you accept... And it's sort of like when you watch the EPL or you watch any other top league, when you, even if you're not the favorites or if you're in bottom place for a while, if you accept that you're going down, there's, there's only going to be one uh, outcome. You're going down. But if you don't accept it, then maybe you can turn it around. So, yeah, I mean, I, I came over to Australia the second time in, in mid 2005 to play for Tuggerong United. And we ended up getting relegated that year. Um, when the one of the last times they had relegation from the Premier League, and it wasn't a nice experience. The pressure on those last few games to try and get a, a result was was phenomenal. And in the last game of the season, we played Capital City Suns, and we needed a win to stay up. And you know things didn't go away, and we drew one apiece, and we just could not get that goal. And the feeling afterwards, um, when we when we were down, was was terrible. I mean, it was it was akin. I mean, I don't want to and to make it sound too dramatic, but it was like someone had died. You know, it was it was that bad. For everybody involved in the club and and, so, and a group of players this season are going to feel that um, I'm sure everybody in their life has had some really bad um, footballing experiences where you know you've either got relegated you've off the cup final you know you've missed out on whatever it might be on selection and that feeling that gutting feeling you get um, when you get relegated stays with you 
for the whole year because you don't have any time to, you can't do anything about it till you get back on the park next year in NPL two and try and rectify the situation. Now, like I said, that's going to add added pressure to every single match this season. And we're lucky from a neutral point of view, we can sit here and we can enjoy in inverted commas, the, the, the relegation battle as much as we're going to enjoy the fight for the top four, as will most football fans in Canberra. But for those involved and those coaches and those players, there's going to be some antsy matches and there's going to be some really, really difficult times ahead. And um, is it too harsh to say I'm looking forward to it? Possibly. possibly. <laughs> but that's, that's football. You know, you know what I mean? That's, that's football, no doubt. Any last words before we move on to the round one draw? Oh, well, I mean, just I think more so around the you know as Russ just just mentioned there the 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 heartache, uh, the disappointment um, of going down a division a competition. Uh, it's an experience that we haven't uh, been exposed to in Canberra uh, for a while, and now that we've got back the promotion relegation, we're going to have you know the spectrum where a team is going to be over the moon by uh, getting promoted from MPL two to MPL one uh, come season's end. And then you've got, you're going to have another team on the complete opposite end of, of that scale where the mood is going to be completely down. And um, you know, they, they've realized that they've been relegated. It, it, it's a gut wrenching uh, feeling as you mentioned, Russ. And I you know, that's going to give, an incentive to every single one of those teams playing in MPL one uh, this season, particularly those teams that are predicted to, you know, be in that bottom half of the table, every point, every game, every goal is going to matter this, this season, because it's not like how it was in previous years where you're going to finish, you finish last and nothing's going to happen because you're going to play in the same competition, um, you know, the, the following season. So that safety net is now gone. There is that incentive to, want to manage a season, to play well, to, to win games. So you're not that team that gets relegated come, come the end of the season. And every single game is important. We're going to get to games at the end of the season where we're going to have teams that are at the top playing teams that are at the bottom. And in the past, that might be a walkover because the teams at the bottom might be like, well, it doesn't matter to us. But now exactly. every single point, as you say, is going to be crucial. And those games could turn into absolute battles and it should be a real, really good spectacle for everybody. It, it, it definitely should 100%. And let's move on to the round one draw, shall we? We start with West Canberra Wanderers versus Gungahlin. 12.45 p.m. on Saturday, 10th of April at Melrose Synthetic. Now, Russ, before we get into this one, I, I have to ask you, maybe you might know, an interesting uh, timing here for Melrose. Is that just like a scheduling issue they have with the ground? Yes, yeah, it's really interesting. All their home game, all their yeah. first grade game seem to be at 12.45 at home this year. I haven't really looked into it ourselves, but um, <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to, I think they're playing their first, um, their MPL ones matches before their under 23s, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I don't know. It's it's a strange one, but they seem to be wanting to go that. Whether that's that's because they can, they feel that Yuli um, feels he needs to keep his squad fresh for matches like that. I'm not sure, but we'll see. It's it's very interesting, and it's going to be a different um, uh, build up to those teams that have to play at 12:45. As you know yourself, if um, you boys yeah. have played in the past as well, you. I mean, we. You, you, I say you fuel ahead of a game a bit differently, but you know you're going to be eating your your pre match when you're normally having your breakfast, which is, which is a bit different. And it's going to take some getting used to, to those, to those players. Maybe they've done it to push some teams out of their comfort zone. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of, um, you know, strategical mental warfare um, going on there for sure. Um, but yeah, the early kickoff is uh, definitely, definitely a surprise. Uh, that, that's for sure. Uh, Matt, do you want to keep breaking down? We could go to both games, can't you? You can go to the twelve forty-five and then rock over to the half-five game. Yeah, with that, it's without a doubt. I think Gungalan will be going into this one with something to prove after their last. Um, after the grand final, and I, you know they're always going to play it down. But you know, um, we all know Marcel, you know Marcel is a coach, and um, and you know obviously every every coach hates losing, but um, Gungalan especially, considering how successful they've been recently. After losing that final, they're going to be out with something to prove. I think uh, so. Watch out for Gungalan; they're going to be on top of their game. In terms of West Canberra Wanderers, like a few of the other clubs, we don't know really what to expect. Very young squad. We know that for, for sure. So, um, yeah, don't count out uh, West Canberra Wanderers, I think. Russ, any final thoughts before yeah, we move on? Yeah, round one, I mean, you don't want to lose. Uh, simple yeah. fact of the matter is you, you're not going to win anything or lose anything if you don't win or in, in round one. But you want to get off to a good start. Every side, every side wants to build a bit of momentum. Um and you get you go out there and you get three points on the board, and the next day you look at the table and there's some teams below you with nil. Uh, gives you that lift, um, and I think it's important to start. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Gungala aren't going to fancy the synthetic. Nobody really likes playing Melrose. It might be a trump card for West Canberra this year. Most definitely, and I'm just thinking, lads, why not throw a prediction in there? Um, who who, do, who are we taking in this uh, in this contest? We'll do it for all the games. Look, all right. I, I never make a prediction. <laughs> I was about to say, is this... Uh, it's still on the fence. <laughs> it's probably better that Russ doesn't uh, give, give a prediction then because he's on the uh, doing the doing the commentary and all that. So I was testing you. You were? All right. So that was just a joke, right? We're, we're, not, we're doing predictions. Well, you, guys, predictions. You, guys, you, you could... No, Matt, you... Michael, you, Michael, can, you lead the way. Yeah. If, if, I, if I give a prediction, you have to, Michael, as yeah. well. Oh no, most definitely. Okay, one hundred percent. All right, yeah. uh, I'm not going to predict scores because that's just. I'm going for four, no, no, no. That's too too, too technical. <laughs> yeah, I just want uh, winner or draw. Okay. Um. All right. I'm um, saying Bengal and win. As am I. And and if I was going to make a prediction, I would say Bengal. <laughs> all right. Make <laughs> I'll edit. I'll I'll edit that one out for you. Right. You can leave it in. Cut that one out. All right. Uh, so, um. Yeah, Michael, introduce the next game for us, please. An absolute cracker, I think this one's going to be uh, to open up a 2021 uh, campaign. Monero Panthers at home to Canberra Olympic, 5.30 p.m. Saturday, uh, April 10th uh, at Riverside Stadium there in Queanbeyan. Um, you know, uh, Olympic go to, to Queanbeyan, obviously, to face their their old coach, uh, Frank Frank Casher, in his first league game in charge of Monero. Uh, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of storylines uh, there, obviously. Um, it should be an absolutely fantastic game. You've got Frank, who's the new coach of uh, Panthers. You've got, you know, Catnatch uh, at, at Olympic there. Um, it, sh- it should be an absolutely exciting uh, contest there at Saturday evening. Um, Matt, any thoughts on on this contest? It's, 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 it's definitely going to be interesting, to say the least. And let's not forget, yeah, you mentioned there, of course, um, Frank obviously used to coach uh, Robbie as well, so it's that that's another little element that we that we can throw into this. Um, of course, it's a night game under the lights at Riverside, across from uh, what uh, Russ you know always points out the Macca sign there. So it's a magical part of Riverside to say the <laughs> least. Uh, so it, I think it's going to be massive for the uh, for, just for Monaro in general because uh, they have the um, the sponsors um, the sponsors room up there at Riverside, and they're gonna it's probably going to be there. I'd say it's. This one will probably be their biggest um, 
the biggest turnout. All the sponsors will be invited. Everyone will be there. You'll have a pretty big crowd probably underneath as well. Like we talked about the expectations, the board really, really, really want to go back to winning ways. So there's no better way to start the season than doing it that way. Uh, so add all the elements together. It's, I think it's going to be an absolute cracking match. It might start a bit, you know, cagey, I think, to start the first half. Uh, that's, that's my sort of prediction in that first half. I think it'll be cagey. And I think whoever wins it, or if it's a draw or whatnot, I think it'll happen late, in my opinion, in this one. That's just my uh, uh, gut feeling in this one. What do you think, Ross? Well, you'll be able to find out this, unsurprisingly, you'll be uh, you'll understand is um, the first live bar TV match of the round. Um, I'll be at the Riverside Stadium for this one, um, probably with Mitch Stevens, the Togolong head coach, for um, what I'm dubbing the master versus the apprentice, um, Frank Keisha sure. against Robbie Kadnach. It's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting um, matchup between two teams that are going to have a raft of new players um, wearing their club shirts, uh, for the new for the new season, they all know each other. They've all played against each other. There'll be some Canberra Olympic boys that would have been watching these um, Monero Panthers players, possibly as fans of Canberra Olympic back in that FFA Cup run. Now on the field against them, putting their wares up against uh, the big names that Monero Panthers have brought in. I'm really looking forward to it. it should be a, an exciting way to kick off the season live on Bar TV. Absolutely, and I think my my prediction for this game, I I, I think given the, the circumstances, the first sort of game at home uh, for Monero under the lights at Riverside Stadium. Uh, it's all tailored to, you know, be a successful night uh, for, for those uh, in, in Monero colours. So I'm going for a, for a Panthers win at home. Nicoletti, prediction. Yeah, I'm going for a Panthers win. They'll, it'll be late though. It'll, be, it'll probably look like it'll be a draw for a bit and then they'll, they'll hit. Uh, I'm going to say Monero, but if... Olympic wins, I say it'll be the exact same way. It'll be late, in my opinion. Okay. Russ? Yeah, I think Olympic will push them um, and they'll be hard to beat, but I think Panthers will have just too much quality in that lineup on the evening. All right. So <laughs> next up, we have Tuggerong United versus Belconnen over at Canberra, 201, 3 p.m. Sunday, April 11th. This should be, uh, this is going to be a very close encounter, in my opinion. I don't think there's a lot separating these sides. Uh, I'll give my prediction early. I think this one's going to be a draw. Uh, this I was going to go. Read my mind. You read my mind. Uh, it's yeah, exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> there we go. Uh, like I, uh, this, this will be Fab Michelli's first uh, uh, first first grade league uh, match in charge. So he 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 will be looking. Um, he, he's he will he'll be looking uh, even more probably excited than any of the coaches. I would say in uh, in terms of the first matchup. Uh, we talked about Mitch and uh, what we expect from Tugger. And I think this will be a very close one. There won't be a lot of goals in this one, in my opinion. I think it's going to be um, uh, yeah, a very close doggy match. Everyone's going to uh, push each other to the limit. And yeah, I'm going to say this one's going to be a draw. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I think you've pretty much yep. read the script that I would have written as well, to be perfectly honest. I think there's two rock-solid defences, two very good goalkeepers, um, two sides that are looking to find their rhythm in terms of what they're going to do as an attacking force. Um, I think probably Belconnen would have slightly more firepower than Tuggeranong, but Tuggeranong at Canberra is always a tricky game for everybody anyway. And I think if Fab came away with a point from that, I don't think either team would be too dissatisfied with that as a start to the season. Absolutely. I think, um, well, we've all got the, the same uh, thoughts and feelings on, on this contest and it being, you know, close and cagey and it uh, ending in a draw, should I say. Um, you know, you've got uh, two solid outfits. Um, I, I expect it to be, yeah, very close, uh, very uh, end-to-end. Uh, like you said, Russ, uh, you'd probably give 
Belcon and the, the slight edge in terms of maybe the overall quality that they have and the, and the influence, like we mentioned earlier, of Lucas uh, Flores, who can just unlock uh, a defense at any moment to find the back of the net. So it will just highly depend on, you know, if if Belconnen can maybe, um, you know, find, find that goal or two to, to uh, you know, take a valuable three po- points away from home and, and take that back to Belconnen. But I expect it to be very cagey. Um, it's going to be a close contest. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in it, like you like you mentioned as well. And, um, you know, I, I still think it'll be a great game of football, though, most definitely, uh, with Tuggeranong at home playing at host to uh, Belconnen. So you can expect that game to be uh, to be good. That's for sure. 100%. Michael, what is the last matchup for the round? A great game. In, in fact, Matt, a, a fantastic game. We've got, uh, we've got Tigers FC against uh, Canberra, Croatia, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Sunday, April 11th at night, John Oval. We've got Tigers playing against the defending uh, champions. Uh, guys, uh, we remember last year's fixture between these uh, two teams out in Nijong. My God, there was some absolutely like cracking goals in this game that would have just surfaced on the internet around the world if it, if it could that's how good the goals were in, in this game last year I remember watching the the uh the, the highlights back and um as excited as russ was on the commentary about the goals i mean i was sitting there going my goodness like there, there were actually some fantastic goals um that you know brought a smile to my face just because of um you know it, it happening in our league and it being broadcasted like that so i mean it was it was a Fantastic game of football to watch. I'm sure you can attest to that, Russ. Um, not only just how good that game was last year, but how good the game this game will be um, when uh, both teams line up for round one. Absolutely. There's never a dull moment when these two meet. There's usually bags and bags of goals. I remember a game we did down there many years ago where it was 8-5 to Canberra, Croatia, when they were 5-2 down at the break. It was insane. Um, and hopefully we more of it this time. We'll be um, there with the live bar TV cameras on Sunday at Nigel Over, myself and this young man sat next to me, Matt Nicoletti, making his debut on CoComs um, in the MPL. Um, it should be a really good game. We're expecting lots and lots of goals, if I'm being honest. I mean, even though both sides have got really good defences, um, I think it says more for the talent of the attack. I'm not saying that they're bad at the back. It's just there's so much quality on the field. I can't see there being no goals in the game. And I think both coaches will set their teams out to try and attack the opposition and lay a marker for the season. And, and when you look at all the fixtures in round one and you look at the games that we've got coming up and they've all got their own little niche to them, you think which one's going to provide the fireworks, which one's going to provide um, the worldies, which one's going to provide really good entertainment. And if you had to pick one of the four, I'm sure most people will go, well, let's let's watch Tigers and Croatia and see what they can put up for us. Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, I'm, I said it last year, that Whittier goal, like that was that was my goal of the season last year from this exact fixture at Nigel. I'm looking forward to it. First road, uh, first road trip for the uh, for the commentary as well. It's going to be a, going to be a good time, I think. And um, so for for me, I like like Russ said, I think it'll be very high scoring. We hope it is. Yeah, well, we hope anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's a long way back. From hope, it, hope we didn't just jinx. <laughs> hope we, hopefully, we just uh, didn't just jinx it. So yeah, it's it's a long drive when it's been nil nil. So. <laughs> So it's going to be, um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so the interesting thing is, if they're both going to probably be looking at this one, maybe less. So like everyone, obviously, you want to get onto the top. You want to get on with a win. But I think this one might be a little bit with, even though they both want to win. I think both would be happy with the draw, only because they both know they're two of the strongest sides in the competition this year. And I think 
both will get off to a cracking start. Uh, Canberra Croatia and Tigers. Tigers more so than last year. I think they're going to get off to a more of a cracking start than they did last year in general. Uh, so I think they'll both be happy with a draw. And I'm going to go with a draw. Probably, probably a high-scoring one, I'd say, because it's the start of the season. Four all. Four, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, let's just throw <laughs> it out there. there. I think it'll be a high-scoring draw. In, uh, yeah. In, uh, I- or a nil-nil. Yeah. It's not going to be a... It won't be... I don't think it'll be a, like a 1-1 or a... Yeah, or a 1-1. I think it'll be either a nil-nil or a high-scoring draw. That's me. Yeah, I think um, I'm very much along the same lines. Uh, you know, just going over this uh, fixture now, um, obviously both teams have great uh, attacking talent. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the history of this fixture and, and, and what it brings. Um, and goals are certainly it. So I, I'm expecting a draw too. Uh, Nicoletti, I'm, I'm, I'm going for a 2-2 draw, to be particular. Um, that's just the scoreline that popped up in my mind when I thought about the the quality that both teams have. It being the first game of the season, um, it'll be a good game, um, most definitely, but I, I think the um, the spoils will be shared in this one. What about you, Ross? Well, this is a difficult one for me to call because I look at it at, at, for both sides and I look at Tiger's going to have the wants and the needs to go out there and win the game. Canberra Croatia haven't lost a game in a long time. Bearing in mind... Um, what, 10 days before this? It's the FFA Cup third round games. Canberra Croatia play Queanbeyan City. Um, Gungarland play Tigers. Um, there's a possibility that someone's cup run's coming to an end early and how you recover from that as well when you've put a lot of... Uh, we all know how important the FFA Cup is to everybody in this, in this town. Then, of course, if both sides have won, they've got to start thinking about planning for a next round of that FFA Cup as well. And that's going to come in and around that week after that. So that's going to play into most people's um, preparations as well. But looking at the game, I'm going to say if I had to pick a winner, um, I think that Canberra Croatia, considering they've not lost for so long and considering the um, the, the uh, stability that they'll have in their group compared to Tigers, who would, are still probably under Ryan finding that best um, mix of their new players, um, Canberra Croatia might nick it by the odd goal in five or six. If you can say. All right. Awesome. All right. I think that wraps us up today, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. It was great to be back. Good energy with the start of the season coming up. Uh, Michael, any last words before we sign off? Uh, just I'm so excited to, you know, have a full season uh, to cover. It won't be, you know, such a short uh, season where we went through, you know, a, a great first episode and then, um, you know, the uh, COVID hit and then we, we had to, you know, sit back and, and, and you know, watch and, and let the situation develop. Um, you know, I think we still did really well considering all the implications that we had to deal with uh, last season. Um, but I'm just very much looking forward to a full 21-game um, season uh, covering, uh, you know, MPL1, MPL2 and WMPL, which we'll cover, um, you know, shortly in uh, in, in in future uh, previews before their seasons uh, start. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see Canberra football, um, you know, back to, you know, basically normality, you know, to have the full season, to have, you know, people be able to go and watch their, their favorite teams play, you know, they, they won't have to just stay at home and, and watch it on, um, you know, bar TV sports or, you know, on, online streaming, um, you know, they'll, we'll all have the opportunity now to go to games and, and, and watch games that we want to watch um, and, and players that we want to see. So, 
to have that exposure back in our game in a longer uh, normal season um, is great for Canberra football. So I'm most certainly excited for for what's um, for what's ahead. In, indeed, we are. Russ, thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, any last words before we sign off? Yeah, of course. Don't forget you can watch all the action on um, Bar TV Live Exclusive on Bar TV, the home of grassroots sports in Australia. Um, we kick off. Uh, 27th of March with the doubleheader in the Charity Shield, Canberra Crash versus Wagga City Wanderers at four o'clock. And then, of course, Canberra Crash beat Belconnen in the women's game at half six. Then on Sunday, um, we're scheduled to be at an FFA Cup tie, Canberra Olympic versus Tuggerong United. And then on the Wednesday, Canberra Croatia versus Queenbian City. Um, and then, of course, we've got another tie from that round and then a couple of quarterfinals. And if I can just thank our sponsors again for the FFA Cup, um, official broadcast sponsors of the preliminary rounds, Monero Built Homes, uh, Cepeda Collective, where we are right now, uh, Canberra Olympic FC, Canberra Deakin Football Club, Exhibit Printers, Crowther's Property and the Odd Job Lads, who are the ones I forgot before, Rory Larkin, apologise there, mate. But all seven of those groups, and I spoke to Frank in commentary for the Ugali match on the weekend um, when they beat Juventus 6-0 in in um, the third round of the competition. Each one of those seven sponsors that I mentioned there are all very big football fans in Canberra. They've done it because they believe in grassroots football in Canberra. They've done it because they want to see grassroots football stream live and to give a platform for the players and the coaches and the staff and the people that work so hard with these clubs to be shown around Australia. So we thank them very much for their support and we hope that they get something out of this as much as we do as well. And uh, of course, round one. We've talked about those games and you'll be able to watch all of the FFA Cup action, all of the, the MPL action and the WMPL action, perhaps even some selected MPL2 stuff as well heading into the season. Masses of matches coming up. And uh, if you want to get involved in uh, commentary or anything like that, feel free to drop us a line on Facebook and we can probably hit you up to a couple of games as well. Indeed. Um, yeah, like, thanks to you guys' uh, sentiment of what I was about to say then. Um, yeah, really looking forward to the season to start. Um, thanks for bearing with us. A uh, long episode today, but I felt like it was necessary uh, to give every team their, their uh, a quality preview and a quality um, and a quality you know voice. Oh, that's yeah. why I posted um, all the uh, all my chats with all the coaches, just so everyone gets you know everyone gets a word of their club out There's there. No as such well. thing as too much football, man. <laughs> as 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 Russ definitely will know this year when he does all the commentary, <laughs> as well as uh, helping us out when he can. I'll be very scratchy halfway through the year. I can guarantee it. <laughs> Yeah, you might lose your voice, Ross. I guarantee my wife hopes I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, future episodes, we'll have two more podcasts before the season starts. So this is, of course, our MPL 1 one. Then we'll have the MPLW next, uh, the preview. Uh, Jeremy McGahn will hopefully be joining us for that one. And then we'll also have the MPL to preview the following week after that. Looking forward to all the football. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just glad for this season to start. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you next week.